Stop. You're going to jinx it. Maybe after, what, 20 years of existence, Skype has figured out how to reliably complete a call. You're right. I shouldn't get my hopes up too high. Yeah, no. This is when it disconnects randomly. Yeah. And with everyone else charging, just give it a minute. I know, right? Seems inevitable. More incentive for us to keep our calls under an hour, right? <laughs> Which is only a good thing for everybody. You, me, the listener, everyone. Two best um, friends. Oh, wait, keep your shirt on. It's just a typo. Stop. You are freaking ridiculous. Who think they know football? The Chiefs, or the Colt, or, wow, the Chargers. There we go. Stop thinking, just read. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. Mike White is now on my fantasy roster and maybe starting over Russell Wilson. I spent $25 to get Jacoby Brissett. Because here, it's real football by real fans. Like a disturbance in the force as a Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> suddenly cried out in a silence. The 2M Football Show starts now. Welcome in to the 2M Football Show. Mike and Matt back at it once again. We are fresh off the back of completing our fantasy draft uh, literally about 45 minutes ago. If I finally so drafted, it was a wild ride. I finally drafted my first tight end in the 17th round. and <laughs> I don't even know who that guy is. <laughs> We'll we'll get to it. Um, oh man, really exciting, fun times always. Fantasy draft day is is always one of the highlights of the football calendar, um, and the NFL calendar. Week one gets underway in just four days, and we what? got a lot. To, we got a lot to do today. We're gonna have a lot of fun, I think. Uh, now that we've previewed every division, every team for the upcoming season. It's time to, in theory, use that knowledge that we have gained and predict, <laughs> and predict what's going to happen. That means on today's show, we're talking division winners. We'll reveal our playoff sleepers and um, try to forecast all the way ahead five months from now who will be playing in the Super Bowl at the end of the season. Uh, and after we do all that, we're going to combine this show into our week one preview and also make our first trip to the fantasy corner to discuss the results of the draft uh, that I just mentioned. Oh, that's a lot of stuff. It's a lot. So let's just get right into it. Let me pull up my secret notes document because I didn't put any of my picks in here so that it would be a surprise for you. Uh, I don't even know if you have thought about this beforehand. It might just be right off the cuff either way. Oh, I like to keep it interesting and leave you guessing. Absolutely. Okay, let's talk division winners. Okay. And let's start with the AFC South, which is has traditionally been our flip-flopping sides of the Titans versus Colts uh, debate. <laughs> but I have a feeling it's going to be a little different this year. And uh, the Vegas favorite is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Matt, do you agree with, with uh, sportsbooks? I do. I, have, I, I do. With the Colts going through a re, an overhaul, especially at the quarterback position, the Titans are in a very weird spot, you know, with drafting with the quarterbacks that they've drafted in what back to back years now, but they're still starting with Tannehill. Yep. Um, that team is kind of like on paper seems okay, but I don't know. They just weren't the same last year. 
Yeah. So, and Jacksonville made the biggest leap in this division. So I, I foresee Jacksonville taking it. It may be close, but I have Jacksonville, Tennessee, the Colts. Texans. And the last team in the division. Yes. <laughs> it's okay. We don't have to, <laughs> we don't even have to mention them. They're pretty much irrelevant. Uh, but I'm right with you. I've got the Jaguars. Like you said, I think they won it last year. Um, they've improved the team with on offense, especially bringing in guys like Calvin Ridley, who at wide receiver, uh, who was a top, you know, tennis at the position last time we saw him, which was, uh, you know, admittedly like a, two years ago. But he was he's still pretty young, and they traded for him in the middle of last season. He finished out his suspension, so he's basically like a new signing for them. They drafted Tank Bigsby to round out the running back room. Year two for everybody in Doug Peterson's system. Um, also expecting a big breakout from Trevor Lawrence. So I, I see good things for the Jaguars this year. And like you said, the rest of the division is either rebuilding or in the Titans case, maybe about to fall off a cliff and, and start their rebuild. So we're in alignment here. Next up, the AFC East, where the Vegas favorite is the Buffalo Bills. And I have a different answer, but I'll let you go first. What? <laughs> Interesting. I still think the Bills, for the most part, own this division. I, I'm i curious to see who you think is, is favored in Mike's index over there. Yes. Well, you probably got a little bit of a, a sneak preview in our draft of a couple of teams that I am just very bullish on this year. And one of them is, in fact, the New York Jets. And maybe this is just me buying it, you know, as an Aaron Rodgers fan and buying. I think you're an idiot, but. Buying into all the media hype they're, of course, getting with the the hard knocks uh, being featured on that show this this summer and just all the buzz around that team right now. But this is a team that was even good last year with guys like Zach Wilson, Mike White, Joe Flacco at quarterback. They were seven and four at one point, which you might not remember because they ended the season on, I think, a long losing streak. But uh, they beat some good teams, and they have stud young players like Sauce Gardner at cornerback. He was last year's defensive rookie of the year. And then Garrett Wilson at receiver last year's offensive rookie of the year. Both those guys entering year two, looking to build on the success they've already had in their young careers. And uh, that's before you even get to the Aaron Rodgers of it all. They added a future first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback, and he brought all his best friends from the Packers with him. Uh, and it is a really tough division because the Dolphins made a surprise playoff run last year. Uh, they, they've reloaded and look like they'll be back in the mix. And even the Patriots, you can never count them out with Belichick. I feel hell. like the Dolphins hinge on Tua's health, though. That's why this is true. third in the division, I feel, is pretty comfortable. Uh, but I'm just really excited about the Jets. I, I could, I'm forecasting them to kind of leapfrog the Bills uh, to win the division. Oh, I know it's a long shot, but that's... You're that's so horrible. adorable with your false hope. <laughs> uh, the AFC West, where the Vegas favorite to win it is the Chiefs. And on that one, you will get no argument from me. Nope. <laughs> the Raiders are terrible. The Broncos have no wide receivers. And uh, the Chargers just always disappoint. That's all the notes I have there. No notes. I agree, Chiefs. Uh, AFC North, the Vegas favorites to win it are the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Matt, are you with Vegas? 
you know, for most of these, I am. I feel like their logic is sound there. The only other team that I think could rival them if they remain healthy would be the Ravens. Mm, but uh-huh. I don't, you know, they haven't done enough to prove. They just signed Lamar to a contract, which is it's just comforting to know that they've sort of solidified a tumultuous position that they've had for a while. But the Bengals just kind of have the complete package. As a team, both offense and defense, they have the whole the whole act together. Both sides of the ball, they're a very cohesive team. And it's hard to beat that. Yeah, I mean, there's a, they're the favorites for a reason, right? Um, and I think they've won it two years in a row. Is that is that right? I believe but, so. But I do have the Ravens. That's who I'm picking to win it. As you could, that's what I was, the other team that I just ended up with a bunch of guys from the team in our fantasy draft. Cause I'm like, man, I'm, I'm kind of all in on the Ravens offense. Like you said, they paid Lamar finally. So that is put to bed all the issues around there. And he's got probably the best receiving core he's ever had. They signed Odell Beckham. They drafted Zay Flowers in the first round. I know you're a Zay Flowers fan. <laughs> I am. Uh, they've still got what should be a good running back game or running game with J.K. Dobbins, Gus Bus Edwards still there. Um, and even the other guy whose name I just forgot and didn't write down. <laughs> they've got a new offensive coordinator and Todd Munkin, who we presume will elevate this passing game and take the whole unit to the next level. And you just pair that with the what I would say is always solid defense under Harbaugh. And I think they can take the division. The only question about the Bengals is their um, secondary. They've got some new players. Both their starting safeties from the last several years are gone. Uh, so they've got to rework that a little bit. And honestly, I think the Steelers could be feisty too. And the, the Browns are a total crapshoot. Don't know what we'll get from them. To me, this might be the trickiest division to forecast. Like it's one of those that just one or two games can make all the difference in the order. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to interdivisional games. Right. Like if the Ravens beat the Bengals in a fluke, like it just completely resets the balance. (laughs) Yeah. And these division games are all going to be wild. It's not like the AFC North of 10 years ago where every game was like a 13 to 10 defensive slugfest. I feel like these are all or at least the, the Ravens and Bengals have offenses that should be explosive. All right, switching over to the NFC then, starting in the South, where the Vegas favorite is the New Orleans Saints. This one I feel like is the hardest. Yeah, this is, I mean, because all the teams are kind of bad, right? (laughs) Well, some of them have addressed positions better than others. Some Mm. are young and have a lot of upside, but you just don't know how it's all going to feather out. Some are just terrible. (laughs) Like, I'll say it now. I don't have a ton of faith in Carolina. Tampa has a lot of upside, but that depends on how Baker Mayfield performs. Right. The Saints are weird. Like Carr, Carr has a lot of upside in the in in New Orleans too, which is why I I have to agree with Vegas that maybe they're the least questionable all around. They I feel like they have one of the better receiving cores. You know, Tampa still has Godwin. And Evans, but the quarterback position kind of makes or breaks their season. Yeah, big question mark there. Atlanta is just young all, all over the place, even with the star running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bijan. Yep. 
They just yeah, they I, have they're just they need a lot more experience before they have any hope of competing. Yeah, I'm with you in Vegas. This is the second year in a row for me picking the Saints to win. Last year, you laughed at me, and it turned out you were right to do so. Um, but this whole division <laughs> week, the Bucks won it last year with an eight and nine record, and all the other three teams were right behind them at seven and ten. I think it's going to look kind of similar. I don't see any team in this division getting up over like ten wins. I don't. I don't think so. Um, like you said, the Buccaneers are largely the same. T- a lot of the players are the same team that won the Super Bowl a few years ago, just without. Obviously, Brady now. They've still got good players on offense, um, which should be a good defense. And then, yeah, the Panthers traded away their top two offensive weapons during the season last year. Now they have a rookie quarterback and, uh, yeah, youth all over the field for the Falcons, which is exciting, but unlikely to come out of the gate, you know, at full strength. So, um, and, yeah, the Saints have upgraded a quarterback. I'll admit it. Carr is better than Jameis Winston. <laughs> Good group of wide receivers with, uh, you know, however many healthy games of Michael Thomas you get, but it's more about uh, the second-year player, Chris Olave. Uh, and then should be good running backs, too, at least once Kamara comes back from his three-game suspension. So I, I give them the edge. And they always have a good defense, too. Even last year, Saints had a bad year overall, but their defense was still among the best in the in the league. So I'll give them the edge here. NFC East, the Eagles are the favorite. Matt? I don't have any qualms about that. I mean, they they were the other team like Cincinnati that were just, they were well-balanced on both sides. A terrifying defense and an offense that took it to the next level. Yeah, that is true. Uh, But that was last year. This is this year. (laughs) And I'm taking the Cowboys. No, the tra- I mean, come on, the Trey Lance trade just puts him over the top. I mean, we may see Lance over Prescott at some point. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, that, that's a joke. Uh, but in all seriousness, I think this is more about the Eagles potentially taking a step back uh, than it is about the Cowboys necessarily being drastically improved. But uh, the Eagles lost some key starters in free agency and they had to replace both their coordinators who, who left for head coaching jobs. Uh, but the Cowboys have that continuity. No major changes, but a few tweaks that could make a difference. I love that they traded for Brandon Cooks just to solidify that receiving core uh, with uh, CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. A lot what of about the Giants. Uh, no. Well, <laughs> Daniel Jones is not a real person. <laughs> I don't know. You're two under Brian Dable. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, hold on. I'm not done talking about the Cowboys. Uh, Tony Pollard should be good at running back. If I take away my my Ezekiel Elliott fantasy bitterness, I can admit that (laughs) Tony Pollard is really good. And every time they gave Zeke the ball last year, it was pretty much a wasted play. Um, So that could be another more explosive option for the offense. And then this one, I don't know if it's going to be good or not, but uh, with Kellen Moore leaving their offensive coordinator, uh, Mike McCarthy is going to be calling plays which is something he hasn't done yet in Dallas, hasn't done since his days with the Packers. So I don't know. <laughs> that went well for the most part, but he also had Aaron Rodgers. So it's one of those things, you chicken or the egg. Um, but there are a lot of studs, star players on this Dallas defense too, like Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs. 
So I, I give them the edge. I think they'll do it. I'm still standing by the Eagles. Fair enough. I mean, <laughs> you could make an argument that the Cowboys could be good, or the Giants, they were a playoff team last year, and the Commanders are exciting. A lot of buzz with Howell at quarterback. and uh, I think that the, this is one of those ones like the uh, kind of the reverse of the South, right? Like the NFC South was kind of a, a maj podge of rebuild and sort of like stopgate players mm-hmm. that it could shake out a few different ways. I think this division has the potential to be a little bit closer than people think. The commanders take a jump forward <clears> like we're anticipating. And even if the the, the Giants don't, as long as the Giants don't go backwards. Like, yeah. Again, these interdivisional games and these types of divisions can can upset the balance. You get the commanders that beat the Cowboys just once, and all of a sudden, you know, they're second in the division. It's weird how it can play out. Yeah, definitely. And and this was a division last year that sent three teams to the playoffs. I uh, could easily see that happening again. But, yeah, give me Dallas to win it against the odds. NFC West, uh, the Vegas favorite is the 49ers. Uh, I'll, I will not argue with that. There might as well only be two teams in this division, given the state of the Rams and Cardinals. Cardinals are going to be bottom again. I mean, they're going through. They have a lot of things going on over there. Yeah, and none of them are good. <laughs> the Rams The Rams are a weird team because they gave away a lot of pieces. Yeah, Ramsey's gone. But I have to like almost trust that McVay has some plan. It may not be the world's best plan, but in some instances, he's also not the general manager, right? So you can only work with what you're given. True. <laughs> but I feel like the team really centers around Matthew Stafford. And when he went down last year, the team kind of went with him. Yeah, and he's back healthy, at least as of this moment. We still don't know about Cooper Cup. The latest is that he's seeing a specialist for that hamstring injury, which sounds like a very bad omen. And so if he doesn't have him, it's going to be up to Van Jefferson and Tutu, Tutu Atwell uh, to lead this receiving core. You just uh, wanted to say his name. I had to. Come on. It's, it's so fun. How can you not say it? <laughs> okay, so we're in all in agreement. Me, you, and Vegas are all in agreement on the 49ers. <laughs> This is uh, where it gets very, very interesting, the last division here. The NFC North, our home division, we follow the most closely. And But I was very surprised to see that the Vegas favorite is the Lions to win the North. I mean, we've we've made fun of the Lions for years, almost our entire lives. The Lions were like laughing stock jokes. Yeah. Um, but last year, like, they they almost did it. Well, it being making the playoffs, they they weren't close to winning the division. <laughs> but yeah, they're I mean they're on an upward trajectory. I I agree with that. But I but. have to disagree with Vegas. Ooh, me too. Oh, Let's boy. hear. You go ahead. <laughs> Maybe we agree on this one. I have the Vikings. Mm-hmm. I do too. Go ahead. You go. <laughs> Why? They just have just a much better overall team. The problem with the Vikings was the defense last year, and I feel yeah. like they've done some stuff to address that problem. Uh, they added Addison in the draft as another wide receiver opposite of Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. So I feel like now they're getting back to the one-two punch like they used to have with Diggs and Thielen years ago. Mm-hmm. Cousins gets all this hate, which I don't think is fair. He's a solid quarterback. Uh, but that's not to say that Goff has sort of had a resurgence in Detroit. He has. He really has, yeah. Um, but they got rid of Swift and Williams out of their backfield, which I feel like Williams should have stayed. And I would have felt maybe more comfortable with Vegas's pick. Uh, well, it's funny. The, the issue with both the Lions and the Vikings was defense last year. They were both in the bottom three, I think, in, in yards allowed per game. Uh, I just think the Vikings have done a lot a lot more to fix theirs with bringing in uh, Brian Flores as the new coordinator. <clears throat> Some of the personnel moves they made, I think they're just the most solid team. Uh, whereas the Lions didn't didn't do as much to try to fix theirs. Uh, I am also excited about the Packers. You know, I'm not excited enough to pick them to win it this year, but I just I cannot wait uh, to see what Jordan Love looks like, how this offense functions now. And they have the talent on defense. They have the roster personnel to be good if they had someone competent at the coordinator. Sadly. Uh, not the case. <laughs> I would say that the first three weeks might be the roughest. So I don't want to give them, you know, I'm not going to give them any hate if we go one and three to start. Sure. I'm, I'm expecting, I mean, I think the best case scenario would be like eight and nine, nine and eight and love looks legit. And we see strides throughout the season. That's honestly, that's all I'm and fire Joe Barry at the end. That's what I'm hoping for from this season. I mean, that guy's going to keep his job for a few more years and we're going to continue. We're going to, this is the conversation we're going to have next year. How does he still have a job? He might outlast LaFleur at this point. <laughs> but yeah, excited about the Packers. Can't pick them to win it. And the, I think the Bears will be improved as well from 2022, but I can't see them anywhere near the top of the division. I mean, they only won, what, four games last year? Three, I think, yeah. So even if they improve to seven, <laughs> yeah, making yeah. this division a little bit more competitive than it has been, they don't have enough there to at least challenge the Lions and the Vikings. Depending on how Green Bay comes out of the gate, you could argue that it would be a battle for third place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't see them being able to take on either of the two tops. But... I think the Vikings take the division this year. Yep, we are agreed on that one. So let's get into our playoff sleepers. So for those who are new to this segment, what we do is we look at the teams who are favored uh, by DraftKings Sportsbook to miss the playoffs. So every team, they give odds, right? Who has the odds, uh, the best odds to make the playoffs? And so um, they also have, you know, the, the reverse of that, odds to miss the playoffs. So... We look at all the teams that they say have higher odds to miss the playoffs than to make it. And then pick one each from each conference as our playoff sleeper, who we think actually does have maybe a better chance to get there than um, than what Vegas thinks. Yeah, what does Vegas know? (laughs) Something. They make a lot of money off sports betters. (laughs) They got something over there. But uh, in the NFC, here is the list of eligible teams, the teams favored to miss the playoffs. The Cardinals, no surprise there. (laughs) The Falcons. What? The Panthers. The Bears. Packers. Rams. 
Vikings, which weird one to me, but they, since they have the Lions winning the division, and I guess nobody else from the division making the playoffs. And then also the Giants, Buccaneers, and Commanders. Those are all the teams, according to Vegas, with higher odds to miss the playoffs than make it. So from that list, do you have a sleeper pick, Matt? I do. All right, go for it. Lay it on us. Uh, I feel like it's obvious because I feel <laughs> like you addressed – it's very strange that they're on the list, but how do the Vikings not make it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really I weird. I feel like, like it's it would be – counterproductive for me to say they're going to win the division but miss the playoffs <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> it's um, obviously you win your division you're in by default so but it's just weird that they're on this list having i don't know they know something clearly it's in their script we just didn't get the whole script <laughs> right yeah we we're not a big enough show yet to get copies of the script <laughs> That the league sends out every every season. <laughs> but like you said, it's all based on the fact that they have, which is strange enough, they have the Lions making it, but how no one else. Like Bears, Packers, I kind of get. Those are really long shots. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm taking <laughs> the Vikings to make it. Out of out of all these teams, the only other one that maybe because they did it last year would be the Giants. Right. It's interesting to see two players on this or two teams on this list that made the play three. Actually, the Buccaneers made it last year, too. <laughs> three teams on this list favored to miss it, uh, miss the playoffs this year that are, were in there last year. Uh, all right. So you got the Vikings. I figured you would. Uh, and we already we already discussed why. So since I have to go in a different direction, I'm going to go with the commanders. I think that's a good pick. I could, it's tough because I can't realistically see them finishing higher than third in their division, but all they have to do is be better than like teams in other divisions to still make a wild card spot. Right. And uh, we, we talked about it a little bit already. I'm really excited about what Eric B the new offensive coordinator can bring to this offense. Of course, he's been in Kansas city with, with Reed and Mahomes the last several years, getting head coach buzz every off season, but he's remained in Kansas city until now. Uh, so he'll be running the offense. It's 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 always a danger to get too excited about what we see in the preseason. But Sam Howell, he was the fifth round rookie uh, draft pick for them last year. He looks legit. Like he looks really good. Looks to be in in control, in command, so to speak. Of Comfortable this would be a good word. Oh, you didn't get the pun I was going for there. <laughs> he looks in command of this commander's. Oh, office. I I I got it. I <laughs> oh, just oh, okay. To, like, skip over that. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't allow that. But, <laughs> but yeah, he's got good uh, weapons to work with in this offense, assuming... Sorry, assuming next time I'll howl with laughter. Yes, thank you. Oh, that is a joke we have not made yet, so good one. <laughs> uh, now we can run it into the ground like we do with every other joke. <laughs> but he's got Terry McLaurin, a really good receiver, assuming his turf toe clears up. That is still an issue. He's he's questionable for week one. But also second-year receiver Jahan Dotson is getting a lot of excitement, uh, as well as Curtis Samuel is a really good slot receiver, kind of uh, versatile gadget player kind of guy. Really, I mean, You forgot about him, but that's fine. <laughs> this was an offense I so badly wanted a piece of in our draft. I was planning to take Howell as my QB3, but someone else grabbed him way early. But it was a great pick because I think he's going to be good. 
a good group of running backs with both uh, Brian Robinson, who's like the between the tackles guy, and then Antonio Gibson is a converted receiver, actually. So he can take on the third down role uh, really well. And then pair that with Ron Rivera in this defense. That's that's his bread and butter. He finally has someone uh, to really take the offense and uh, hopefully take it to new heights. And Ron Rivera is, is a defensive guy, and it's a good group, especially the line is really solid. Hopefully Chase Young, he's coming into the final year of his rookie contract. Uh, hopefully he can return to his, his rookie year form where he got injured as, a I think, his Sophomore season, ACL hasn't really been the same player since, but it's a good group of players up front, a couple of good corners and uh, DBs as well. So, yeah, I'll take the commanders this year from the NFC. In the AFC, and, and this is some stuff I don't quite remember or qu- don't quite understand how this works because it's not a, the same number of teams. Yeah, it's so strange. Like, I feel like we have three quarters of the NFC not making it. And then we have like a third of the AFC. Right. And and maybe it just goes back to because the AFC is so much more competitive. Maybe they just more teams have better odds of making it. Whereas the NFC, like, you know, a lot of these teams suck. <laughs> so maybe that's all it is. So it's kind of slim pickings here in the AFC. But here's the list of right. teams favored to miss the playoffs. The Cleveland Browns. Denver Broncos, Houston Texans, Indianapolis Colts, Las Vegas Raiders, Pittsburgh Steelers, Tennessee Titans, and New England Patriots. So, since, we can't, list. since we can't say none of the above, Matt, who is your AFC uh, playoff sleeper? This one was hard. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm going to go with the team with a head coach that has yet to have a losing record. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Texans, because uh, D'Amico Ryans has never been a head coach, so his record zero and zero. Oh, how did you know? No, you <laughs> dumb nut. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. I feel like of all these teams, they're the least questionable question mark. Mm-hmm. The only other one that may have an option is it all hinges on Deshaun Watson and the Browns. Sure. Because I don't, I think the Broncos make a step forward, but I don't think it's as much as needed to really make them a contender. Given the fact that, you know, their wide receiver depth is not where it should be. Who are the Browns? No, Broncos. Oh, Broncos. Okay. But you're going with the Steelers? Yes. Okay. I wrote down two just in case. I figured you would take mine. Yeah, the Steelers were my number one. Like you said, Tomlin has never had a losing record. Kenny Pickett coming to year two, we're expecting him to make some strides, and he's got good players around him, an improved offensive line. Um, At least two good receivers in Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. Two-headed monster in the backfield, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren and it's always it's another one of those teams that's almost always a good defense where the and the questions are on the offense. And just looking at their schedule, because I looked at this too, it helps that they get to play the AFC South. So they're they get to play the Colts, the Texans, and the Titans. And uh they play the NFC West too, which has two teams that might as well not even exist. 
So lots of winnable games in the schedule where you could see them get to nine to 10 wins. So I agree with you on this, on the Steelers. You can keep them though. My second choice was the Broncos. They have a tougher schedule, but they have a, a really good defense. And if anyone can fix Russell Wilson, it's Sean Payton, right? That would be the hope. That would be the hope. And it is unfortunate. They've already lost three receivers to injury. Two of them done for the year. We'll see on Jerry Judy. So they're going to be relying on Cortland Sutton and a rookie. And their superstar tight end, Greg Dulcich. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there you have it. 2023 sleepers for you, Vikings and Steelers. For me, it's the Commanders and Broncos. And we will track, we will follow up on those teams and highlight them every week in our recaps. See, and that's why you got to go first next time, and then you would have forced me to repick. <laughs> that's okay. All right. So we've done all that. Let's just get silly and talk about the Super Bowl. Already? <laughs> yeah. Who's yours after this? We'll we'll just get into the week one preview. But who is your Super Bowl matchup? Chiefs and Niners. Okay, all right, we got one of the same. I've got the Niners representing the NFC as well. And this just this is just how all in I am. I'm picking the Jets to make the Super Bowl. Jesus, from, from the AFC. You are a sad human being. Let him go. I am very uh, susceptible to the media hype, it turns out. Let him go. (laughs) I still love you, Aaron. Let his career die in peace. (laughs) All right, so who wins it for you? Uh, I have to go with the the new dynasty. At the end of the day, I got to take Mahomes and the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. I'm going with the AFC team as well. Which means the Jets for me. Oh, my God. <laughs> I told you, I'm all in. I'm all the way in on the Jets. <laughs> you are so pathetic. <laughs> Just let him farve his career and be done with it. There have been no lewd text messages to this point. That we know of. That we know of. <laughs> and uh, with that being said, let's take a quick break. Come back with the week one preview. Oh, boy. I wonder why this one's at the top of your watchability index. (laughs) My God, you are so sad. (laughs) He's gone, Michael. (laughs) This is my life now. Just just simping for Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) You're like the little kid whose mom keeps walking him past the, the pet store. And you're like, but I just want that dog there. Look, Mom, he's looking at us. He loves me, too. (laughs) He doesn't. He left. (laughs) He went to a different home. Well, maybe we could go live there. I ain't going. Nope. I I live in Wisconsin. I'm fine. All right. We're back with the week one preview. Here are our games in the order of Mike's watchability index, as always. Mike's sad index. <laughs> Mike's Aaron Rodgers simping index. Yeah. It could be the worst game of the week, and as long as the Jets are playing, it's not their bye week, it'll be the number one game. 
Jets, Jets, Jets. All right, my top game of week one. Bills at Jets. Hey, surprise. Oh, my God. Who would have guessed? <laughs> On Monday night, Monday night football, the final game of the week. One team that's already an AFC heavyweight uh, against a team hopeful to become just that. I want to see how much your heart is destroyed if the Bills just wallop the Jets. <laughs> I mean, they totally could. That could be what happens here. It's, uh, you know, Rodgers' first game. So much change for the Jets, as a, especially on offense. With Rodgers coming in, Hackett coming in, all the new starters from Green Bay that he brought with him, it could absolutely be a rough start to the season. Dalvin Cook's going to be the starting running back, but he hasn't even played with the team yet. Brees Hall hasn't played either a snap in preseason because he's coming back from injury. Um, so, yeah, there's, it could get dicey. Whereas the Bills have all the continuity of a team uh, bringing back all their pieces. Another year of, uh, of, you know, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, all these guys gelling together. And the biggest issue the Bills had last year uh, was health, especially on defense. You know, guys like important players like Micah Hyde, Tredavious White missed a lot of games. But, you know, I'm taking the Jets. Oh, my God. (laughs) I can't. I'm just saying right now, I cannot do a whole year of this. Well, watch them start out 0-3, and, and it'll fade quickly. <laughs> Especially because my personal um, fate is tied to them, given how many Jets I drafted in fantasy. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Bills, simply because of continuity. The Jets still need time to get to know each other and to figure themselves out. And that can take a few weeks. So the first four weeks could be the roughest. But I would not be surprised if they start to turn things around. But week one, I got to give it to the experience. Yeah, I can't really argue with that, even though I'm picking on the opposite side. <laughs> All right. My number two game, Packers at Bears. Classic. There's no personal bias in these picks at all. It's a, it's a finely tuned algorithm. <laughs> a sad, sad algorithm. <laughs> it's going to be the running joke all season. Mike's inability to let Rodgers go. Trying to figure out if it's funnier if they're actually good and you eventually come around to my way of thinking or if they just completely flame out and crush my soul game by game for the next 18 weeks. <laughs> anyway, back, find out. Packers of Bears reigniting the rivalry, one of the best in the league. And um, like I've already said, I, I'm so intrigued just by the Packers and the youth movement they've got going on with Jordan Love's first uh, start, you know, as the week one starter, his young group of receivers, second year players, uh, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, a bunch of rookies that'll be in the mix, too. Like, I think it's Jaden Reed, right? The rookie slot receiver rookies at tight end. Other than that, it's uh, mostly the same team. <laughs> it's similar defensive starters, offensive line, and then the running back tandem we know and love of A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. And there's buzz around the Bears, too. A very positive offseason for them, in my opinion. They signed a lot of players, drastically improved their uh, skill positions on offense. They definitely were making an effort this offseason to, to not not go only three or four wins. They're, they're trying to push for eight or nine yeah, to be competitive totally. within the division. 
Um, and this is another situation where it could take the first month of the season before things really start clicking the way that they should for the Packers offense. Um, but I'm, I still think they have the more talented roster, though. So I'm going to take the Packers. I'm just being biased, so I have to take Green Bay. I can't, I can't pick the Bears. <laughs> uh, third in my rankings here is actually the season opener of the Thursday night game of Lions at Chiefs. This is the most intriguing based on everything we know about these teams. The up-and-coming Lions versus the potential new dynasty. Yeah. Yeah, super interesting. Uh, what do the Chiefs on offense look like without the enemy? They still don't have a dominant number one receiver like they had with Tyreek Hill before trading him away. And it didn't even matter last year, right? Um, they've got uh, MVS, former Packer, and a bunch of young guys that they're hoping pan out. Besides, of course, Travis Kelsey. And meanwhile, like you said, the up-and-coming Lions, they're, they are improving year to year. They're getting deserved um i guess hype hype trains in each to get last couple off seasons and they're looking pretty good ended the year last year on what was it like a seven and two run i think i mean i, I got it was crazy because they started out just awful right like one in one and six was their around. starting they were threatening like there were rumors swirling about whether campbell was done after the season mm-hmm. and they kind of pulled uh your boy Rogers and they kind of just told everyone to relax. Like it <laughs> looks bad, but just hold on tight. And they, they turned it around. Yeah. Yeah. They did. So we'll see if they keep that momentum going. It's weird how they swapped out both their starting running backs, but um, Jameer Gibbs is a super exciting talent who they took uh, 12th overall, I think in this year's draft and then uh, bring in David Montgomery from the bears. So I got to go with the Chiefs, but I think it's interesting because the Lions' strength is their offense. The Chiefs' weakness, you could argue, is their defense. So it could be some fireworks in this one, but I got to go with the defending champs. I feel like just because the script would say it makes things way more interesting, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions beat the Chiefs and they causes a massive panic and stir. That doesn't mean anything because I picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, but it's always exciting. <laughs> when the underdog comes out and then everybody's like, Oh, the chiefs are done. Yeah. Like, it's week one. It's fine. <laughs> like when they were four and four, the chiefs, was it last year or maybe two years ago and bottom of the division ended up. Yeah. And everyone's was questioning everything yeah. that the chiefs had ever done. And it's like, I, I'm not jumping on that wagon, but so, I will take, I will take the lions to keep it. Interesting. Nice. I love it. That would be a fun way to start the season. All right, next up, I've got Dolphins at Chargers. This is the pair of playoff teams from last year in the AFC, and both of whom have regrouped and kind of reloaded this offseason, ready to get back to it. Chargers have a new offensive coordinator, a new rookie wide receiver they took in the first round, and Justin Herbert fully healthy. And in terms of the Dolphins, <clears throat> I mean, they bring back Tua. That's the biggest thing, right, is he – will continue his NFL career despite a scary number of concussions and uh, top of their priority list will be keeping him upright as much as possible. But these are both two exciting teams who um, appear to be on the rise. 
And I am taking the Chargers at home. Uh, Chargers. Okay. Bengals at Browns, I've got next. Uh, we mentioned in the AFC North preview, what are the Browns going to look like on offense with Deshaun Watson now fully integrated as the quarterback? Um, that's their biggest <clears throat> biggest change, obviously, from week one of last year with Jacoby Brissett under center. And then the Bengals, they've won the division two years in a row. Can they keep it up? A lot of change in personnel on defense, like I mentioned before. Um, but they're still the favorites, obviously, to win it. And I'm taking them to win this game as well. As I mean, long I, as you know Burrow doesn't throw four or five interceptions, right. it should be a pretty easy, pretty easy game to start with. Did Again, when we talk about some of these teams just taking a few weeks to get going, you know, Watson came in towards the end of last year, but now they've had an offseason together and a preseason right. to start to go. So they're in a little bit better position. Um, so I don't think this will be a walkover for the Bengals, but you know, I, I, I gotta go with them. They're tried and true. Yeah. They got this. Like you uh, alluded to though, Burrow is prone to the occasional week one meltdown <laughs> like last year in Pittsburgh. I was so mad. And he's still got that calf injury. He's supposed to be fine, but something to still keep an eye on. All right, 49ers at Steelers, I've got up next. Partly because I'm I'm thinking along the same lines as you that the Steelers could be a sneaky pick to actually make the postseason. In terms of the 49ers, though, in Purdy, they trust. Trey Lance is gone. Garoppolo's gone. Uh, Darnold is the backup, so it, it's all up to Purdy. Um, and I guess what I mean by that is he doesn't have to do all that much except run Shanahan's offense and and also lean on McCaffrey and a dominant defense, too. Steelers are exciting with Kenny Pickett, <clears throat> but I can't pick them in this game going with the 49ers. It's a little too early to tell where Pickett's going to be at because the Steelers struggled last year with finding an identity. And if they don't figure that out very soon at the beginning of the year, it's going to make that postseason sleeper a very big long shot. Despite Tomlinson never having a losing record, and I think that streak continues. But just like the Ravens' preseason record, any streak can be broken. <laughs> oh, I'm still sad about that. Especially but with I'm, this one. And I'm a Ravens fan, apparently. <laughs> with this one, I think Purdy's success continues, and I'm going to be a little bit biased because he's one of my quarterbacks. So That's I'm going to have to go with the Niners. All right. We're in agreement there. Cowboys at Giants. I've got up next. I think all the games in this division are going to be interesting. Uh, like I, I think we said this before, too. Three teams from this division made the playoffs last year. It's looking like it'll be even tougher this season with Washington no longer employing Carson Wentz. <laughs> That's enough to give any team a big boost. Um, That's an additional plus three to the win column. Yeah, definitely. And so, yeah, this is one of those interdivisional games. Mike McCarthy calling plays on offense for the Cowboys. And I am taking the Cowboys to get this road win. Uh, this one is tough. I had to sit there and think about it for a minute. Because I feel like the Cowboys, if we're going to believe in Dak, have the opportunity. But the Giants were a surprise last year. They, you know, I don't think anybody anticipated them. It's been a while since McCarthy's called the plays, but I'm going to take the Giants. Yeah, all right. Yeah, fair enough. Solid team there at home. 
Uh, Jaguars at Colts. Maybe I have this too low, but we're going to see our first glimpse in the regular season action of Anthony Richardson, who the Colts quarterback, who was the fourth overall pick in this year's draft. I feel like you have it well-placed. <clears throat> oh, okay. Well, thank you. Wow. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> I mean, don't just give it a minute. I'll see. You'll say something dumb. Just find a way to shoehorn the Jets back into this conversation. You will. <laughs> so the Colts are exciting for that reason. See the rookie quarterback, who's uh, also a dynamic dual threat type of player. But no Jonathan Taylor. I don't know if we discussed this on the show yet, but they were unable to trade him, but he is injured still. So he's starting the year on the on the PU. Quote, unquote. Yeah, right. I don't know what that means. Maybe he does end up getting tra- I saw the Packers were one of the teams that was apparently interested in trading for him, which seemed kind of weird to me because they got two really solid running backs already and don't usually make big splashes like that. No, that's 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 not Green Bay's MO. That was no, all smoke and mirrors for something. <laughs> well that's <clears throat> that's one where I would prefer they hold on to the draft picks because I don't think they need him. Uh, but anyway, that's not relevant to the conversation around this game. Then the Jaguars are an exciting team with Trevor Lawrence looking to make a big leap in year two with Doug Peterson, new weapons like uh, Calvin Ridley, and just trying to build on uh, the success they had last year. And I'm projecting that to get off to a good start, taking the Jaguars to win. I agree. Panthers at Falcons. This is interesting because both the teams are so young. Bryce Young, Panthers QB, first overall pick in the draft, makes his debut against division rival, who's also starting a very young signal caller in Desmond Ritter, who's in his second season but has only started a handful of games. And um, also on the Falcons, you've got first-round picks like Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and most recently B. John Robinson, the exciting running back. And, I don't want to uh, pick a team. It's, I mean, I think they're all going to be like this in the division. I don't even remember who I picked. I'm trying to find it in the app. Uh, yeah, give me the Falcons, just mainly because they're at home and uh, feel a little bit more exciting. Well, we'll keep it interesting. I'll take the Panthers. Why not? All right, 52% agree with you. I should have been calling that out more often. That's always fun to, to know. Raiders at Broncos, I've got next. I remember when these were our playoff sleepers one year. Was that last year? Or was that two years? I, I forget. Two years ago. Anyway, they both ended up terrible. but And maybe they'll both be terrible this year. But Josh Jacobs is back, which gives the Raiders offense a chance. Uh, we'll see how Jimmy Garoppolo to Devontae Adams' connection looks. It's going to be all about how many points they can score because this Raiders defense is going to be brutally bad. And we'll see if Russell Wilson is able to take advantage of that. Speaking of brutally bad. (laughs) Yeah, right. He'll be looking to redeem himself after what happened throughout last season. And we're going to see Sean Payton back on the NFL sideline for the first time in, in two years. Pretty interesting game here. I'm going to go with the Broncos. Raiders. All right. It's very close. 49% pick the Raiders. Cardinals at Commanders. This might be too high, but mostly I'm just excited to see the the Commanders in action. And this is a great opportunity for them to look really good (laughs) against the Cardinals. Uh, They're at home. The Commanders are Sam Howell, Eric Bieniemy. See how this Washington team looks this year. And just 
I mean, the entertainment value in terms of the Cardinals is just like, how bad can it get? They still don't know who their week one quarterback will be. Neither do the commanders, which I guess gives uh, Arizona a competitive advantage, according to Jonathan Gannon, the head coach. <laughs> so based on that, you got to go with the Cardinals, right? Oh, I mean, 100%. Who else is a fool? <laughs> no. Yeah, commanders all the way. Eagles at Patriots. Um, like like I mentioned in my pro-Cowboys argument, <laughs> some big changes in Philly this offseason, losing their coordinators, some key starters. A little bit of excitement around the Pats offense with Bill O'Brien back, uh, and, and it's a big prove-it year for Mac Jones. If we were doing prove-it players, he'd be a good pick because he's coming into – Year three, I think. So it's almost after this season, the team will, I believe, have to make the decision about the fifth-year option. And he hasn't done much, <clears throat> hasn't done much yet to to prove that he's the guy to be their long-term starter. So he's got a lot to play for this season. I'm going with the Eagles though to get a Week One road victory. Yes, Eagles all the way. Texans at Ravens, another rookie quarterback in CJ Stroud based on what we know of well, Texans' as, quality football. As a new uh, super fan of the Baltimore Ravens, I'm <laughs> very much looking forward to see <laughs> this retooled, <clears throat> retooled Ravens offense. Uh, kind of like what I just said about the commanders. This is a good chance for them to get off to a really nice start against a team like the Texans. Oh, and this is my eliminator pick, the Ravens. Oh, have you, I haven't made you join that? I'll, I'll send you the link again. <laughs> um, but yeah, the ESPN Eliminator game, for those who might not know, it's you, you have you pick only one game a week, but if you get it wrong, you're out. And you can only pick each team one time. So we got to use a little strategy there. But week one, there's always a few shock results. So you want to try to be as safe as possible. I At think, least for the first little bit. That was my strategy a couple of years ago when I did pretty well. And then you always get the one-off ones that's just like, really? That's how this goes? <laughs> like, how many people do you think got knocked out on uh, Colts-Chiefs last year when the Colts randomly won that game? And it was one of three wins they had all season. So many, so many aggravated people. All right, Bucks at Vikings. Uh, Baker Mayfield's most likely his, his last chance at being a starting quarterback in this league will be this year with the Vikings. And so we'll get our first look at that. And then uh, from the Vikings side, they should be, um, you know, more of the same on offense. We expect Madison to fill the role of, or the shoes left by Dalvin Cook. And then um, cleats, the cleats, there we go. And then Jordan Addison, who they took in the first round this year to um, replace Thielen, who they let walk in free agency. So first look at those guys and then how their defense can perform under Brian Flores, the new coordinator. I'm taking the Vikings here. Yep, absolutely. And the Vikings, I trust. Titans at Saints. This is like the most blah game. That's exactly the reaction I have to this game. I'm like, ugh. eh. I don't know. This this feels like a Thursday night game. Obviously, week week one actually gets a good Thursday night game because it's always the defending champs. But this feels like a week 12 Thursday night game. (laughs) Right, where they were kind of out of options by that point. <laughs> yeah, both teams. Or like in their playoffs. heads, they're thinking, oh, these will make an amazing matchup. And by week 12, you're putting like 
two one in six teams against each other <laughs> or one in 11 teams against there each go. other. It's like, yeah. this is terrible. Even though we both picked the Saints to win the division. But yes, the point stands. Uh, it's Derek Carr's first game uh, as a non-Raider. And the one thing you could say about the Titans is they're always well coached under Mike Vrabel, even when the roster talent is, is somewhat lacking. And they do still have Derrick Henry. They signed DeAndre Hopkins, so that there's there's two good players on the roster. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking the Saints. I'm going to have the Saints on this one. And then Rams at Seahawks, I've got at the bottom. Maybe no cup. Actually, it seems very likely. No Cooper Cup, at least for this game, which means they're totally screwed. <laughs> Let's go, Gino. Right, that, was, that was quick analysis. Gino and the Seahawks. Let's go. They have to do it. They have to have my quarterback. That's right. <laughs> And hey, speaking of fantasy football, let's take a quick break and come back with our first trip to the fantasy corner. Now, let's take a trip down to the fantasy corner. (laughs) That's the best thing we've ever done. I, I love that so much. Brings me so much joy. And it's uh, our first chance and yours this season to hear that unbelievable voiceover with the music. And it's just like honey being poured into your ear, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) So we just had our fantasy draft, like we said at the top. Our back-to-back defending champion, Kevin, uh, won it last year despite or maybe because of his quarterbacks, Daniel Jones and Geno Smith, both drafted after like the 14th round. I think you and I both ended up missing the playoffs and having to settle for the consolation bracket. And uh, <clears throat> this year you picked first overall, thanks to the Spain uh, women's soccer team. And I was at eighth because apparently the U.S. team is no longer the world power it used to be. I know. Uh, I like how everyone was up in arms and our commissioner. Was it was random. It was, yes. Got the U.S. <laughs> women's team and then immediately. But they lost in the first round of the knockout stages. I'm <laughs> like, see, it wasn't. And then apparently Spain has never made it past the round of 16. And for some reason. So uh, you want to just run through your team really quick? Tell me the team name and how you're feeling. I am a genius, apparently, when it comes to names. <laughs> yeah, it's two years in a row you've knocked out of the park. Go ahead. So last year, I had Kittles and Bits, which I thought was as great as it could get. And then after about 10 minutes of contemplation, I came up with Purdy Flowers in the Woods, incorporating three people <laughs> on my roster. Right, Brock Purdy. Uh, what's Flowers first? This is uh, Zay Flowers, right? Is that yep. his name? And then uh, Robert Woods. <laughs> it's incredible. I've never seen one with three players included. Uh, and then, yeah, I guess we'll we'll shorten this a little bit. Um, but I was pretty happy with mine, too. So I've got Derek Carr. Oh, first of all, here's how all in on the Ravens and Jets I am. Got Garrett <laughs> Wilson and Brees Hall at the Jets. And then for the Ravens, Lamar, Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, the Ravens defense. And Rashad Bateman, so it's safe to say I'm all in on those two teams because I kind of have to be. Um, but then, I, yeah, go ahead. Well, while you were doing that, like I didn't even realize it until way too late. But Jefferson, Addison, Flowers, and Andrews all have Week 13 bye. 
which is my entire starting receiver <laughs> core and tight end. <laughs> but that right. would be a but at least it's week thirteen. Like right, you'll already be eliminated from the playoffs by then. <laughs> uh, I don't know about you, but I, I don't feel too shabby with my roster. Oh no, that that's just a joke. I feel you know what I feel shabby about is my tight end situation. Mr. I'm gonna draft it in the seventeenth round. I mean, because it's yeah, it's bad. I've I've always been a late round tight end guy, but this is the latest I've ever gone, and it's really bad. It's really bad. Uh, Greg Dulcich is my starting and only tight end on my roster, second year player on the Broncos, who's apparently the backup to someone named Adam Troutman. Even though Dulcich played last year and was good, I guess Peyton doesn't like him, but. The good news about him is he's part of my team name, which I may have to change if I have to drop him after week one. But Derek Carr is my QB2, so I named my team Car Wars Revenge of Dulcich. You know, kind of like Revenge of the Sith, the Sith Dulcich. I, I knew what you were going for there. Okay. <laughs> well, the good news is there's nine different Star Wars movies and a bunch of TV shows I could pick from if I need to find a new pun after I drop Dulcich in week one. <laughs> <laughs> But shout out to Derek. I also could have done Lamar Wars, uh, but I thought Car Wars is a little, little cleaner. Car Wars is way better. <laughs> so, just based on that alone, I feel pretty good about my team. And so, with that being said, that's about all we got for today. Hopefully, you've enjoyed the the season preview coverage. But now it's time for us to stop talking and just watch. <laughs> I'm just so unbelievably excited about week one let's all try to enjoy it because like we always say it's pretty much all downhill from here as we start to learn how wrong we were about everything yep as the jets go zero and one and rogers tears his acl and garrett wilson i will not let you live it down the rest of the season (laughs) and we'll be back next week to recap it all and uh the train doesn't stop rolling from here week two will closely follow and we'll be back with you soon Uh, Matt, thanks again, as always. Good luck in fantasy until we play each other. Absolutely. And then it's all kick gloves come off. That's exactly right. We're going to have to bring back our karaoke bet segment this year. Let's start brainstorming some songs uh, to dole out as punishment. Uh, But until then, let's let the players get to it on the gridiron, and we'll uh, talk to you soon. Good luck, everyone. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.